All right, guys, if you want to, you can turn to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. Again, we're doing I Desire Mercy. It was really interesting, as we saw in the Sunday school lesson this morning, that when heaven comes, that the believers in Jesus will be called the people of God, and God himself will be their God, and he will dwell with them. And why I say that's interesting, because that's exactly what we were talking about in Hosea chapter 1 and 2. Remember, lo ami means not my people, right? And he says, in the place where they were called not my people, they will be called my people. So those redemption things are going to come to pass. We're going to skip over Hosea chapter 3. It's a pretty short chapter, but it's the same truth there that God chases after his own. If you read Hosea chapter 3, you will see that Hosea buys his wife. Think about that for a second. Hosea's wife is a what? Prostitute. He is going to pay money to reconcile his wife to him so that she will not have any other lovers during that time. He's going to pay money to redeem her. Some think maybe even she had been sold as a slave because of her debts, and he is buying her out of that slavery because of his love for her, and because he knows that when he is paying her, she won't be going to look for other lovers. Now tie that to the, to the nation of Israel, and God is telling his people that even in their sin and even in their state of a spiritual adultery and idolatry, that he is going to buy them back. He's going to redeem them. There will be a remnant and God will deliver. Okay. That's chapter three, kind of short, but very positive in tone. Chapter four is not so positive, but it's where the Lord would have us spend our time today. So if you'll bear with the preacher, and especially if you will seek out the Lord, I think the Lord will speak to you from Hosea chapter four. So let's look there. A people without understanding is the title today. Hosea chapter 4 in verse 6 is where we want to start off the message. And the King James uh, translation says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. A people without understanding. What I want us to look through today, again, you're going to see this over and over, is this picture of a people who have forgotten to acknowledge God. And the question that you've got to answer for yourself is, how are you acknowledging the Lord? It really comes down to your decision-making, doesn't it, right? What choices are you making, and are you asking God to be part of those choices? Well, let's look at Israel's uh, examples, see if we can learn from them. And I think you're going to hear again, some things from Sunday school to me that just tied in together. First thing we want to look at is the impact of sin, the impact of sin. Look in verse one, Hosea chapter four, hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing and lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Because of this, the land dries up, 
and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea are swept away. How does Hosea describe the people of Israel at the time in which he's living? He gets three things there. There is no faithfulness, there is no love, and there is no acknowledgement of God. That is what is becoming of society in Hosea's day. No faithfulness. What is that? That is people are not loyal. They are not trustworthy. In our day, what are the protections we put in place because we're scared that people won't be loyal or trustworthy? Right? Can you just go in the bank and say, hey, can you give me $10,000? i will get it back to you. Right? Think about how many things and how many ways you have to validate and verify yourself. In our technology world today, Wendy and I probably should say this on the sermon here, but we bank with USAA. USAA, I think it's about like five steps just to get into your account. What is your login name? What is your password? What is your PIN? Let me call and give you a text to verify you. What is your mother's maiden name? Now I'll let you in, <laughs> right? Is that because people are so faithful and trustworthy that we have those systems in place? It's not, right? Loyalty in our own day is suspect. In Hosea's day, it was very suspect. There was no love. Again, right? Remember Lo Ruhamah? That's one of Hosea's kids. What's Lo Ruhamah mean? Not love. No mercy, right? No love. And it's very much evident in the day in which Hosea is speaking there's no love in their community. There's people who are not reaching out to help and encourage and meet the needs of others. And this all, in my opinion, your preacher's opinion, is based on this truth, that there is no acknowledgement of God in the land. Now, were they having service? Absolutely, right? They, what they wanted to do, and you're going to see this over and over today, they wanted to blend the things of the world. They wanted to blend the, the Baal worship, which is very enticing and exciting, and add that to what were their traditions in the teachings of God. They didn't want to get rid of the teachings of God. They just wanted to bring in the other stuff as well. And in the sense was there was no, because of that, they were like, well, we really are going to make sure that Baal is what is guiding our philosophy, our prevailing thinking, but we don't want to lose the traditions that we still have. And what is interesting to me is Hosea says, well, that is no acknowledgement of God. Can you come to church? and not acknowledge God. Think about that for a second. It's probably easier for our preachers and worship leaders than anybody else because they follow the routine, right? I got up, I did my routine, I come, I have my message ready, we pray, I speak, go to homeless ministry, we go home. Did I ever ask God if that's where I was supposed to be today? Did I ever ask God if that's what I was supposed to speak today? Did I ever ask God if that's who I was supposed to help today? Am I just doing my thing? Are you following me? You can easily go to church. You can easily do the things of God and not acknowledge God at all. And the people here are still in the practice of sacrifices they're still in the practice of the temple, but they are not acknowledging God in their life. So what becomes when this happens? When faithfulness leaves and love leaves and the acknowledgement of God leaves, what is next? Look at verse 2. There is only what? 
There is cursing, there is lying, there is murder, there is stealing, and there is adultery. There is the breaking of all bounds. I believe the King James says there is no restraint. And on top of that, bloodshed follows bloodshed. Does that sound familiar? And I'm sure our time may not compare a bit to the day that Hosea is speaking of. But when I look around in our own American culture, I'm seeing similar things. Cursing and lying. Murder. You guys know this, right? That Indianapolis has more murder per capita than Chicago. We know what Chicago is like, right? Stealing and adultery. These things are everywhere present and bloodshed follows bloodshed because people will not acknowledge God. And here's what I think is really interesting. Right after that, in verse 3, what does he draw a tie to this sin? What is the impact of sin? What happens to the land? The NIV here says the land dries up. What about the beasts of the field? What about the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea? What is the impact of sin? Because of sin, the whole earth is groaning. It is crying out for God to come and make it what it was supposed to be originally. And what is heaven? That is the sin taken away and the whole earth remade new. And the earth and the fish and the birds and the people that dwell therein in perfect, beautiful peace. But I want to remind you today that sin doesn't only affect you, it affects those around you. And to some extent, it even affects God's creation he will make those things right but you can see now here's what i want to tie this to and i thought this was really interesting a lot of you guys may have this memorized but just real quickly here just as original sin put the world groaning for redemption current sin continues to reap the effects of man's lack of faithfulness and love there is only one cure for sin and for damage done to the land and that is repentance now, if you want to, turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13. Again, think with me again this morning about the effect of sin on the land. And then come here and look at 2 Chronicles 7.13. Probably a lot of you have 7.14 memorized by heart. But look how these things tie together from Hosea. 2 Chronicles 7.13, Solomon dedication. He says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Why would there be a plague? Why would there be locusts? Why would there be drought? What is causing that in this situation? The sin of the people, God is judging them that they might return to him. Well, look in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and what's the last thing? Heal their land. Isn't that interesting that the impact of sin, it does damage to the land, but God says if you want to see healing to the land, you need to repent. It's not just even about our own existence, but God's whole creation is dependent upon people humbling themselves and turning from their wicked ways, and then God will heal. That is interesting. Again, in a very spiritual thing, we want to see our land healed and see our people and our leaders especially turn to God. We're about to talk to leaders in just a second. 
But what I want you to also see is even at a very creation level, the way for creation to be redeemed and healed, it's repentance and in humility to have people turn and seek the Lord. When we turn and seek the Lord, that's how the, the thing works. And that's why heaven is so beautiful because the Lord will eradicate sin and everyone will be there. And just a real quick aside. I don't know why the Lord put this in my head. Miss Penn did this to me this morning. I think this week was the anniversary of I Have a Dream speech. And she said that she was listening to someone interview, I think it was Martin Luther King's daughter. And that initially the idea of I Have a Dream was not about seeing that dream here on earth, but it was about what heaven was going to be that there would be no more <laughs> of those things in the presence of God. Again, what we have to look forward to, but in order to, to make our way to the kingdom, we, it must start with repentance. Again, challenge you this morning. Sometimes you may feel our society has no hope, but there is still hope. If we will live with a penitent heart, if we will acknowledge God, God in and through us will heal and bring redemption and bring re reconciliation. All right, here's the problem. There is a leadership problem. Go back if you would, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 4. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 4, we have a leadership problem. The Word of God says, verse 4, but let no one bring a charge, let no one accuse another, for your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. You stumble day and night, and the prophets stumble with you, so I will destroy your mother, that being mother Israel. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of God, I will also ignore your children. The more priests there were, the more they sinned against me. They exchanged the glorious God for something disgraceful. They feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness. And it will be like people, like priests. I will punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. The people in Hosea's day, they were stumbling, they were sinning, but it wasn't just the people, was it? They had a leadership problem. Who is supposed to be challenging, encouraging, uh, exhorting the people and guiding them back to the one true God? It was the priests. But instead, what were the priests doing? They were feeding off the people. Again, Jeroboam II is right this time. There's a time of prosperity, and the priests are using that time to gain excess for themselves. God says he's going to destroy the people in their current state, and he's going to bring judgment upon them for their sin. Ultimately, this is for their redemption, but currently they are paying in destruction. God is rejecting the priests, and this is their condemnation. What did they do? They ignored the law of God. What's the problem with our leaders today? Hello? And I'm talking in the church as well as in the political sphere. What's the problem with our leaders today? They ignore the truth of God. There is no acknowledgement of God. Again, just like the people in Hosea's day, there sometimes there's lip service, isn't there, right? And it's this blending and melding of all these unspiritual things with the one true thing. Well, we'll just put it all together. That way, maybe we can appeal to everyone. 
And again, that's politics, right? To appeal to everyone. But how much is that sometimes in the leadership in the church? I want to appeal to everyone. So we'll just kind of bring in all these things and burn them. When you acknowledge the one true God, he is a jealous God and there is room for no other. And it was the priest's job to be pointing the people to do that. But instead, the people just keep going on with their sacrifices. And there were more people, there were more priests. And guess what? That meant there were more sacrifices to feast on. Literally, they were eating on the sins of the people. You tracking with what I'm saying? If I'm sinning, I got to take more sacrifices to the temple. And literally, the, the priests were benefiting their bellies from the sins of this wicked, wicked people. This morning, we ignore the scripture to our own destruction. Again, not my words, the Lord's words here. The more there were, the more they sinned. Just having more religious leaders does not necessarily mean everything is better. Hear me out clearly this morning. Just because there are more rituals, more services, more money spent on buildings or music or programming does not mean everything is right with God. Sometimes that's how we evaluate our success, our spiritual success, don't we? Just having more of those things does not mean things are better. There were more priests in Hosea's day. There was more spiritual activity, spiritual activity going on than ever before, but they would not acknowledge God in their decision-making and honor him. And God is going to destroy them for that. Go back. No faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God. The priests were capitalizing on the wickedness of the people. And God says, hear this clearly, he would punish them both. He's going to destroy and punish the leaders and the people. Hear me out this morning. A couple simple truths today. We need to call our leaders to accountability, even as they challenge us to pursue God. Hear me out today. Please do it with gentleness and kindness. <laughs> but your pastor and any spiritual leaders in your life, they need you to hold them accountable as well. Sometimes we think that, oh, that's the man of God, and they should have everything sorted out. Well, spiritual leaders need accountability, just like people who are following spiritual leaders. Here's what God is telling. He's going to hold the priests accountable. Pastors and teachers need to live constantly relying on God and calling people to truth. And that was the problem here. Finally, look in verse 10. We're going to look at a people without understanding. And this, to me, is such a tie to our own country today. Verse 10, they will eat but not have enough. They will engage in prostitution but not flourish because they have deserted the Lord to give themselves to prostitution. Old wine and new wine take away their understanding. My people consult a wooden idol and a diviner's rod speaks to them. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and they burnt, and burnt offerings on the hills under the oak, the poplar, and the terebinth, where the shade is pleasant. Therefore, your daughters will turn to prostitution and your daughters-in-law to adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they turn to prostitution, nor your daughters-in-law when they commit adultery, because the men themselves consort with harlots and sacrifice with shrine prostitutes. A people without understanding will come to ruin. 
that last phrase. Take that again and make sure you're taking that home with you today. A people without understanding will come to ruin. Here in the land of Israel at this time, you can see that the people are being fed, but they're not being satisfied. Spiritual adultery, physical adultery, and prostitution are prevalent. So much so that what do they do? They pray to wood. Right? They pray to wood. And they use a diviner's rod. Do we have any diviner's rods today? Let's talk about that for a second. Any of you have a problem walking under a ladder? Any of you have a problem if a mirror breaks? Anybody keep a rabbit's foot in your pocket or maybe even a little cross that you rub when things aren't going so good? Hello? Those are all superstitions, right? We would say, oh, no, we're way too much of a modern people that we would not pray to an idol. Yet how many people have their own little superstitions that they keep when they should put their trust in the Lord? I'm calling you out today. That's the word of the Lord. Diviner's rod. I think a few of us may have a few diviner's rods that we need to get rid of and make sure that our heart and our mind and our spirit is really seeking God's direction. They are unfaithful. And again, the problem here is they want to add their idol worship to the worship of God. Let's just do it all. Right? I want it all. I want to have my fun. I want to uh, be a part of the world. I want to, you know, make sure that I get to know a little bit of everything, but I'll still keep the traditions of my father's but their heart is not in it. They are not truly acknowledging God. I want to say this again. I said it before. God is a jealous God, and he alone is God. He alone is God. What was the problem here Hosea calls out? What were they doing? What were they setting up their systems of worship? If you know the, the scriptures, there were specific places where God was to be worshipped. But you know what the people did? They said, Ah, this is not as convenient. Let's put, let's put a place of worship just down the road here on this hill. The shade is really nice over there, and it's not such a long trek to Gilgal or to Bethel. We can just go here down the neighborhood. We'll set up our own priest. We'll set up our own uh, idols, our own customs, our own traditions. We can have the music just the way we want it. Are you seeing what was going on here? People decided to worship God the way they wanted to worship God, not the way that he demanded to be worshipped. You worship God on your terms or his. Can you hear the Lord speaking as clear as I can today? Man. Well, you know, I don't really go to church that often, but I, I listen to some Christian music in my car. For me, it's if I'm out in the woods, that's where God is present. I don't have to be with people. Man, have you ever been on the lake when it's glass? I know God is there when you're out in the lake. How many different excuses we make to worship God on our terms because it's how we like it? What's God say? What is pure worship? It's keeping your tongue free from deceit and serving widows and orphans. 
It's acknowledging him in every decision. Here are the people that decided, oh, they would do it their own way. It was so wicked that the men and women were committing adultery even in the name of worship. What was the condemnation from Hosea? I'm not going to get onto your daughters. I'm not going to get onto your daughters-in-law because your men are consorting with shrine prostitutes. They go down and they're participating in orgies as the excuse that in some way they're worshiping and they're getting out of their mind to do something transcendental that they could be closer to God. All they're really doing is feeding their flesh. They're going to be judged. Men, stand up. Be pure of mind. Be pure of heart. Pray the Lord give you strength to forsake your sin and let your desires, but he would desire. God is condemning the men, not the daughters, the men. In their worship, they were making excuses to do wicked things. Again, without the acknowledgement of God, there is no true knowledge of God. Without understanding, the people will come to ruin. I hope God brings revival to our country. I hope he changes the hearts of our leaders. But again, I'm not speaking this. This is the Lord speaking it. When people refuse to continually acknowledge God, they will lack knowledge, and without understanding, they will come to ruin. If it doesn't change, even this glorious country will come to ruin. We've got to repent. God's word always holds true. So here, a simple thing. Hosea, again, remember, he's, it's interesting. He lives in the northern kingdom that's about ready to be taken away by Assyria. But this message, a lot of it is dedicated to the southern kingdom that they would learn from the mistakes of the north. And today, let's say it this way, God is giving you the same lesson that you could learn from the mistake of other people, that you would acknowledge him in all of your decision making. Verse 15, though you Israel commit adultery, do not let Judah, the southern kingdom, become guilty. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not go up to Beth-Avon and do not swear as surely as the Lord lives. The Israelites are stubborn like a stubborn heifer. How then can the Lord pasture them like lambs in a meadow? Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave them alone. Even when their drinks are gone, they continue their prostitution. Their rulers dearly love shameful ways. Look at verse 19. A whirlwind will sweep them away, and their sacrifices will bring them shame. We're going to get into sacrifices in just a little bit in a few weeks. Real quickly, Hosea says to Israel, or excuse me, to Judah, look at Israel's lesson, learn from their adultery. Don't go to Gilgal. At one time, this from Enduring Word, at one time Gilgal was a place where prophets were trained under Elijah and Elisha, but in Hosea's day, it became a center of false worship. He says, do not go to Beth-Avon. I think this is so interesting. He says, don't go to Beth-Avon. Why is that? What does Bethel mean? Bethel means the house of God. What does Beth-Avon mean? The house of wickedness. There is no city named Beth-Avon. What Hosea is saying, don't go up to the house of wickedness. The place that was the house of God has become a house of wickedness. What did Jesus say? You have taken the temple, which was supposed to be a house of prayer, and you've turned it into what? A den of robbers, a den of thieves, right? Hosea says to the south, don't go to Gilgal. Don't go to Beth-Avon. Don't go to Bethel. 
because there are they are practicing wicked and evil things. Instead, learn a lesson from them. He even uses the picture of Ephraim. Ephraim is the largest tribe in the northern part there of Israel. And so Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave them alone. Simple word here that we would listen to the Lord today too. Sometimes we just need to leave the wickedness alone in other people. There's a time where the Lord calls us sometime to intervene, to intercede, but sometimes he tells us to just stay away. Let me give you a little practical advice this morning. If you have a problem with a certain temptation, don't go and try to help people in that same temptation. Unless it is like the Lord riding in the sky, you don't need to be there. You know what I'm talking about? If you have a problem with addictions, if you have a problem with alcoholism, don't go witnessing the people in the bar. If you have a problem with lust, with the temptation of adultery, stay away from those things. Even other people that are having those issues, don't go trying to jump into a situation where that is completely prevalent if that's where your weakness is, right? Israel, leave Ephraim alone. The Lord may speak to you today in those things. Again, very clearly, they have God in their language, but he was not in their life. What's on your dollar bill today? It's on that coin. God in your language, but not in your life. How many people have God in their pocket? And they don't even know. In God we trust. What's in your pledge? One nation under God. God's in your language, but he is not in your heart. You're in the Lord today church. I'm not just talking about people that don't know God. I'm talking about people that are supposed to know God. Again, they had God in their language. He was not in their life. They continue their ways. And in verse 19, here's what I want you to hear again today. The whirlwind is on the way. The whirlwind is coming. That's what Hosea says. And it will come through the army of Assyria. And it will, like a plague of locusts, it was going to eradicate was what such a prosperous and a beautiful land and place because people would not acknowledge God. Hosea says, Judah, pay attention. This morning, I would say, America, pay attention. Indianapolis, pay attention. I would even say cross life, pay attention. Acknowledge God. Don't try to blend these other worldviews with the biblical worldview. Honor the truth of God's word. Would you stand this morning? A couple things I would like you to think about as we go to the Lord in prayer. Hear me out again, and hear me in the right tone, please, okay? If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. God doesn't care about your offering and your buildings and your programs. He wants hearts that are humbly acknowledging him and him alone. That's what he cares about. A heart that is acknowledging him and him alone. So my question is to you this morning. First thing, are you keeping your heart humble? Are you keeping your heart in need of God that I would humble myself that the Lord would lift me up, just as we heard this morning? Second thing this morning, the question is going to keep coming, so please Keep trying to answer it as clearly as you can. Are you acknowledging God in your life? Do you acknowledge the Lord in the morning, in the evening? Is he guiding your decisions? And the third question I have for you this morning, and this is, I think, the one that's difficult 
and the one we have to continue to work on is God alone your source of truth? What is your source of truth today? Truth is only in God, and yet so many things try to tell us what is truth. This morning, if you would just bow your heads and your eyes just a moment, we're going to take a little time here for reflection and for prayer. If you want to come to the altar at any time, feel free to do so. But I want you to take a moment here and again, answer those questions. Am I humbling my heart before the Lord? Am I acknowledging God in my life? Is the Lord the definition of truth and the source of truth for the decisions that I make? We are desperate to see a people in our country who acknowledge God. And if it does not change, a people without understanding will come to ruin. Let's take a moment of quiet and then we'll pray and then we'll sing.